Good evening. Welcome to tonight's show. My goodness, my goodness. We have an anniversary to celebrate tonight. I didn't, <laughs> it's a little late in the evening, but I knew that I couldn't miss tonight the anniversary of when we first started doing that, when I first started doing this on on uh well it started on facebook and then eventually made its way to youtube proper and um yeah i don't know i just like weird it's just weird it's like it's only been three years but it feels like it feels like a decade and i don't know if that's because you know 2020 like 2020 alone felt like five years you know <laughs> And then maybe like, maybe like 2021 felt like three years and 2022 felt like two years. Time sort of, sort sort of worked differently um, since, since 2020. That's, that's for sure. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just feeling kind of reflective today because, you know, it just, I just never thought that I would be, you know, doing something like this you just like you know you start doing something in your life that is completely unexpected and you know somewhat left field from anything that you used to do in your life I don't know it's like a weird dividing period now in my life because like this has just become such a a, a, a presence in my life it's a it's something that I love to do I just love to do it I love to come on here I love to just talk stream of conscious, you know, I met a lot of people along the way. We've like, you know, I don't know, we've got like a little community kind of, it's a lot of fun to sort of, you know, see these faceless names, but yet have like, you know, uh, casual rapports with people on the internet, like Angus here. Hi, Angus. How are you tonight? You know, one of the big, I think about like Rue Morgue, who was there at the very, very beginning and still around shout out to Rue Morgue and John of doom, uh, friggin' Russell casualty. Um, who else did I meet through here? Uh, friggin', uh, secret, secret, Tony, Tony subway, you know, uh, Jody Ramon, uh, Amy, um, Biz is is someone who's always in the chat. We had Ballad of the Broken for a while. I remember that guy. Like all the names. I'm trying to think of all the names. Please don't. Mom Longoria. Um, Mushroom. There was a Mushroom guy. Um, uh, Pod. Podrick. Remember Podrick? Uh, who else? Off the top of my head. Of Dagger Love, of course. How can I forget Dagger Love? Big shout out to Dagger Love as well. Um, trying to think. Uh, more names. More names. Just just names we've had some we've had some interesting characters if i don't uh oh yeah <laughs> i'm not robbie i'm not counting you because i knew robbie way before i started doing this but yes hot tub rob and bob absolutely thank you thank you very much for that that is a huge huge one huge one uh good evening biz um i'm trying to think who else who else is uh somebody oh nigel Nigel from New Zealand. Oh, Winston Smith, right? Our King. We got our King. Uh, I Mesanthrope. Um, and 
please, if I don't, if I, your name doesn't come to my brain in this moment, please don't be upset because there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. And I just try to remember these names off the top of my head. And it's hard. Uh, I said, John, a doom already. Um, I don't know. They're just, we got so many. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just was feeling kind of uh, Keith. Hey, what's up, Keith? How you doing? Um, you know, so I miss it's in Dallas. So we got a show tonight. I got a show planned tonight. I mean, it's really just more of an excuse to go live. Now we'll, we'll talk some misfits in a minute, but I thought why not? Um, <laughs> the, uh, really, really the snake eating its tail here. Why not revisit the very first episode of this show three years ago? My very first time ever doing this. I was doing some calculations today and I, so when I started, I had a little less than 300 videos on my channel and now there's over 1300. So there's over a thousand more videos in the last three years of those thousand videos. I was able to calculate like without like really looking there's 584 times that I did what I just did just now, where I went live straight to the, to the YouTube channel. So I've done that 584 times in uh, three years. And then there's all the times I went live just on Facebook and then ripped those and uploaded those. So I don't know. It's I, I would probably say at least 600, maybe even more than 600 times, uh, 600 shows that we've done. Misfits related, not misfits related. The Misfits shows we've done over 100 of those that I know. I was thinking in my head, maybe I would stop at 138. Like, it's like kind of like perfect. I'm kind of thinking like, ah, how much longer can I really talk about the misfits? But we always find something, some little, some little kernel, some little uh, meat kebab. But, um, you know, I want to dwell on, this is also a, hey, what's up, Chris? How are you? How you doing, Chris? Oh, I said Jody Ramon too, right? Yeah, I did say Jody Ramon. Just want to make sure I'm not I'm trying to remember other people. I said mushroom, mushroom leg, is it? Um said angus so i don't know i was just trying to think of everybody who i who who i see here and of course all the people that support on youtube memberships and freaking patreon memberships all you guys awesome 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 thank you for your support as well i never thought that i would get to a place where i was doing like a patreon or having youtube memberships and you know that's crazy too um and we're just we're just still growing man you know this isn't there's this is not resting on laurels we're just we just keep chugging along. And, you know, the goal here is to grow, but it's also just to do this because we love doing this and that's it. Uh, but I wanted to, I want to get a little personal before I launch into tonight's show um, because of this anniversary, because I, I really want to, I feel like it's something that I could offer um, just from my own experience. And I've talked about it on the channel before. I talked about it on the last anniversary and the anniversary before that so this is like an anniversary related topic to the you know streaming live on youtube i don't know i'm just feeling really sentimental about this right now I, I guess you know what it is i guess i just didn't think i would still be doing this three years later i really didn't i really thought i would have stopped when like the world started to like spin again and i haven't i just keep i keep going i keep doing it um but when i started when what, the, what we're about to see I was in a, a pretty bad place uh, at that time. I was really, really burnt out at my day job at that time, which I later uh, got um, laid off from uh, due to, you know, cuts. Um, 
which was which was horrible at the time when it happened, but was also a big relief because I could not stand to work at that job. I could not stand going in every day. I was like dead inside. I hated it. Um, one of the only things that like kept me going in that situation, you know, it was one aspect of my life. I had a very rich, wonderful life, lots of relationships, going to see shows, going to the Am uh, uh, Alamo all the time, you know, not like not suffering in that kind of way. I just mean in terms of like my work, my like my work and what I was doing. And like, I didn't find any meaning in the job that was bringing me a paycheck. And, you know, that's the problem with jobs and it's like this we live in this society again i'm telling you i'm going down the rabbit hole for a minute we live in a society where we need to work to live it's just the way it is and you know like good or bad and you know what's kind of crazy is i think 2020 really sort of brought that to the forefront when you know there were people dying to drive they, people were dying because they drove a bus you know what i mean like the thought of and, you know, maybe you like driving the bus. Maybe you don't like driving the bus. But the thought that was in the back of my head, I was thinking, like, if this bus driver who tragically lost their life didn't like driving the bus, but they had to drive that bus every day, like, man, life is, ch like, cheap in that kind of way. And that, like, you should be genuinely doing things that you want to do if you can afford to do them. You know, obviously, you know, part of the part of the 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 problem is, is if you have a family if you have people that depend on you then a lot of that stuff changes your priorities have to change you need to show up for the people that depend on you and that's important too um but sometimes you get this little like window where you sort of taken out of that equation and you can like stop and like look around and be like what what brings me meaning in my life that's not like being dead inside at a soul sucking job you know, it's funny, the biggest, you know, we're a tiny, I'm a tiny little channel. We do tiny little things here, but I found, I found deep meaning in doing this stuff, this, this, this podcasting stuff. When people started to leave comments on the YouTube and I apologize for not responding to all the YouTube comments that have been coming in. I just, it's a lot, it's like a full-time job just to respond to comments. I try to respond to every single comment. Um, when I heard the very thing that I used to, I, I heard from other people what you, was me previously. And they said, I love listening to your long shows because it really takes my mind off of my workday. It helps me to get through my workday. It's a distraction from my workday, that kind of thing. And um, that to me is like the greatest reward. And because I like that was, that's me with podcasts too. When I was, at this job that I hated, put on a podcast and make the day go by. It made the day go by easier. And one of the things, and, and here's where I promise I'm going to come around to this. This is like, I'm really going out there. It's going to bring it back in people. I'm bringing it back in. One of the, one of the things that, um, that really, again, I'm not talking about family or social life. I'm talking about my work and what brings meaning in terms of work, like life work, whatever you want to call it. Um, one of the things that was bringing me great meaning and like, you know, really driving me when I was like feeling so dead inside at this, at this job that I hated to do, but had to do because it was, you know, again, it was required of me, you know, it's required. I have a family. I have to, you know, contribute to my household. I got to do the best I can. That sort of thing um, was 
that I was making my second feature length film. I'm a filmmaker before any of this podcasting stuff. That's what I do. I make movies and it's just really hard to make a movie, especially when you're doing it out of pocket in a micro budget kind of way. I've done it. I've done two narrative feature length films. I was hoping that like by now, maybe I would have had like 10 under my belt, but it just doesn't, you know, when you have kids and you get a mortgage, like thing, like it's hard, it's hard to keep going, but you got to keep, you know, if, if you, if you like doing it and you need to do it and it like, it makes you feel good to do it, then you find a way to do it. Just takes longer to do it. That sort of thing. Um, we talked a little bit about this stuff on last night's show with Larry the Wolf, which I highly suggest everybody checks out. Had Larry the Wolf on yesterday from Manimals. Such an awesome dude, such a knowledgeable dude. We got really, really deep. He said some really deep truths about being an artist and how like, and not letting just your art define you, but like lots of things define you. In any case, digressing back to what I was talking about, like the thing that was driving me was I'm making my second feature length film. And then, and the thing was, I was making this, I, we shot 20% of the, this feature. I was produced, I produced, was producing, writing and directing this film. It's called Gouge Away. I've talked about it on the channel. At the time, it wasn't called Gouge Away. It was called Wash Away. And it was a completely different script. And we shot 20% of the movie. And you'll never guess what the weekend was that we shot it. And again, so this might be overlap and repeat for some people who've heard the story before, but basically, um, we shot at the weekend of, of March 6th through March 8th, 8th, 2020. And that was right before the world shut down. Right. And when the world shut down, my little movie shut down as well. I could not continue. I was at an impasse. And so what, and the reason why I'm telling you all this is because this is context for what you are going to see. Like we've been shut down. We were shut down for about 10 days and I kept thinking in my head, well, I'll probably get back to it at some point um, because, you know, I thought like, I was like, oh my God, we've, we just started shooting and we've lost, we've lost momentum all already. And um, like, like this is, this, this is, this is, this is a drag, man. Like this is terrible. And so this is me like just wanting to do something what you're about to see is this is me. This is the first episode of me doing live streaming. This is um, me just going, you know what? I'm just going to go live. I see people going live all the time. I'm just going to go live in this way. I had kind of been going live on my personal Facebook account, but like not really doing anything. I was watching movies and sort of talking about them. And I was just doing it because it was something to do. And now here I was. Actually, I'm not sure if that was before or after this. This, but this was the first time I was like, I'm going to officially try and talk live. I'm not going to watch the whole thing because it's like frigging two hours long. Uh, I just want to watch like the first 10 minutes and just, I haven't seen it. I don't think I've seen it. I can't remember when, uh, uh, maybe, maybe uh, when we previously did this on the anniversary. Um, but it's, it's been a while since I, I saw the show, there's going to be a lot of cursing in it because that's, that's what I do. And I will, I will get back to what I was talking about in, in just a minute. What's up, Jody Ramon. We were just talking about you. I shouted you out. All right. Hold on one second. Uh, here we go. So this is the very first, this is the very first 
streaming Evil Live show. At the time, it was the Facebook Evil Live show. Oh, wait a minute. Before <laughs> this, I forgot, totally forgot. We got to do the thing. We got to do the thing. This is for Rue. This is for you, Rue Moore. Just is going to talk about the Misfits right now. He's a nerd about this stuff, obsessed anyhow. Just never shuts his face, always needs to talk. Might be shown somewhere if he went out for a walk. Do you think that he cares? He doesn't care. He's not into ranch. Backstage. All right, now we can start the show. So here am I. This is me. This is very self-indulgent, but whatever, I don't care. It's okay. It's okay to be self-indulgent. I'm going to I'm going to be self-indulgent. So here I am 3 years ago, same glasses, different hat, and this is me trying to introduce myself to the to the internet this is to to celebrate our little anniversary let's hear um who am i who am i i a question nobody asked nobody asked that who is a big fan of the misfits yeah we know and i also am a filmmaker and I guess I'll start at the beginning. So about 10 years ago, actually more like 12 years ago, I was working um, on a documentary for a friend in Chicago about George Romero. And Secret origin story. Uh, you've never seen it, but you you can look it up. It's called Dead On, The Life and Times of George Romero. It's a fantastic documentary. I hope that sees the light of day someday. Still not out. With all these documentary projects. It's still not out. Shit just does not come out. Doesn't come out. Uh, you would be surprised how many documentaries there were attempted about the Misfits, uh, separate from uh, what I'm doing here now, or what I've been trying to do. And this... By the way, if you are a Patreon and you want to learn more about that project, there's tons of behind-the-scenes content commentary. There's so much stuff that's not on the channel that we do in the Patreon. Secret, There's secret shows, stuff like that. Jody says to turn up the, the volume if I can. I think this is as loud as it goes, so uh, uh, it is what it is. I mean, you could always watch the video if you really wanted project. to. Project. Um, like I said, it's it's about 10 years old. It's been around uh, for, for, for a long time. I just never talked about it or posted about it. It's um, true. For a lot of uh, obvious reasons. I uh, kept it off the internet. It wasn't... It's it's such a... It's so, it's so true, though. Like, don't talk. Just do quietly. And don't... You don't have to show... You don't have to show people what you're doing. Just do do your thing. And then when you got something to show, show it. Until... It wasn't until the reunion in 2016 where I was like, "Holy shit! I got to make a Facebook page for this thing and, and put it out, uh, put it up." And you know, the origins and, of they came know, from Lodi um, started up again. Uh, so what happened was I was working on this thing in Chicago about George Merrill, and I thought it was the coolest project ever because it's like you know I'm a huge George Merrill fan, and I uh, I loved seeing all these different people uh, in George Merrill's life talking about George Merrill. Uh, there is a George Romero interview in there, but it's really, I thought the, the most interesting part was all these, these little voices that, you know, you never hear from. And so...
in 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 the bath well i've i've talk to the bathroom in the bathroom on sunday I remember that whole setup it's crazy it's all um, assembled up it, it inspired me to uh kind of you know uh it made me think in my head i was like i was like man you know no one's ever done this uh about the misfits and they you know, still nobody, haven't nobody's made <laughs> something on the misfits uh and this must have been around 2009 i was like wow how cool would it be to go around track down some of these guys interview them and put this thing together and as a love letter, you know, to the band. Uh, and so that's what I started doing. And my first interview was with Mr. Jim, the drummer yep. on the Static Age album. I'm just warning you, this is going to get really fucking nerdy. Like, <laughs> so disgustingly nerdy, it's ridiculous. Like, we're going to get fucking nerdy. Because you know what the thing is? Miss, I've been saying A lot of years, cursing in this Misfits one. Misfits fans are the star wars nerds of the music world you know what i'm saying and um yeah so uh so i interviewed mr jim and that started this long quest that um that that's crazy because that was 13 years ago that was 13 years ago when i did that when i when i first met mr jim um, all right, I'm not gonna keep watching. This is like you're gonna bore me to tears. Is I'm sure it's boring. You're ah, who's this guy? It's weird, weird dolphin man. Um, in any case, the, the point I was trying to make with all this, and I'm going around, around, around in circles, is that like just from like sitting down and starting to try this thing that I've never done before, um I this thing has grown. It's again, very small, but like from that, from just going live on my phone on, on Facebook, like now here we are 584 shows later, you know, we've got a sponsor for the channel. We've, we've interviewed and had so many guests on. Um, it's just been, I mean, it's just been what a, what a friggin' ride, man. The point being is that like, I found a new identity in the midst of like not being sure of like where I was going. And like, I'm like, I'm trying to make a second feature and I just can't, I can't do it. I can't make a second feature because like, how am I going to make a second feature when, you know, the entire world is shut down and I don't have money for the, the PPP. Oh, there's my, there's my misfits tattoo. Well, look how big of a fan I am. <laughs> um, and just like slowly, like, like finding this thing that I feel really passionate about and just doing it. And so that's what I want to offer to anybody who's watching this right now or who doesn't feel fulfilled. Like, go out and try something new and you might find real fulfillment. Like, you know, I never thought that like I would find so much fulfillment and so much entertainment and so much uh, joy in just talking like this to a camera uh, into the ether. And so that's really, and you know, eventually what happened was long story short, eventually that movie, that movie died and was reborn as the sequel to that movie. And we complete the movie got completed. The movie got completed and now I'm working on the next one. And very soon we're going to have a sort of like an audio play table reading right here on the channel. And I'm very, 
very excited to do it. I was, I've been working on it all week, uh, the script. And so, you know, like I, I knew it back then, but it, but doing this, doing this, like starting to do this, like podcast thing or whatever, it sort of like reaffirmed that I am not my day job or I never was my day job. I am me and the things that I love to do and the things that I love to do and that I'm proud of. Those are the things that define me, not whatever I do to earn money. And that's something like, you know, and that's hard when you're not making money from your art in a way where you can fully sustain yourself 24 seven. I got to tell you three years later, I'm, I'm definitely doing it a lot more than I was. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to share that. So if there's something out there that you love doing, if there's something out there that you love doing, go out and do it, man. Just do it. Don't worry about like anything else. Just like put yourself out there and you never know where your life will take you. Um, and, and that's all I really wanted to say. It just sounds really corny coming out of my mouth. In my mind, it sounded a lot less corny. Um, but that's just the way it goes. I want to make a, a very quick announcement about what we are planning with Riot Stickers. So very soon um, on the channel, I will be unveiling a t-shirt design. It's a limited edition t-shirt design. And the idea here is that at the end, I'm going to come up, I need to come up with 50 trivia questions Maybe it'll be 30 trivia questions. I don't know. I'm still figuring that out. But in any case, there's going to be X amount of trivia questions. And every single time we do a show for a set period of time, I am going to ask a trivia question at the end of the show. And you out there will email me the answer. The very first person to email me the answer will be announced, I guess, on the next show and will be sent a free shirt a free shirt with free posting with that free design. And it will be, I'm, I'm going to be ordering shirts from riotstickers.com. And that's, that's the goal that, I mean, that's what's going to happen. So basically what's going to happen is you send in your answer and the first person, the very first person to uh, respond correctly with the correct answer. And I'll know because it'll all be time stamped in, in the email, right? So whoever the first email that comes in, that's the one I'm going to pick. And if it's the right answer, you will get a free shirt uh, and free shipping. And I will ship anywhere in the U.S. So if you are outside of the U.S., you are automatically disqualified. And that's only because uh, I have to keep this within the United States. I'm so sorry. It's just the way it is. Um, so basically the way it will work is I will ask a trivia question every show. It's not now. Here's the thing. How will I know what size to order? I'm not going to put the order in until everybody who is everybody has answered the question. They, you'll give me your T-shirt size, so I will be ordering exactly what I need in order to ship out, and it will be 100% free. Got it? So free shirt, free shipping to you. All you got to do is answer the trivia question at the end of the episode okay and like i said i i don't know it's i can't do a show every single day for x amount of days it will be too insane so it will have to be spaced out but 
that's the goal. And when I've when I've reached the end, everybody will get their shirts. I'll put the order in. I've already spoken to to Sharpie Riot about this, Josh. And uh, it's going down and it's going to have like a variation of this logo. I think it's going to be called like the something it's going to be something misfits related, but with the Frumis logo and, and all that, that's what it's going to be. And uh, more about that to come, but that is absolutely happening. And the reason why I like this is because it's, it's a way of doing something really fun. It's a way of, of of sending sending something out to people and uh it doesn't involve uh complicated instructions like the devil lock pageant that's really 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 hard so <laughs> uh dan's on board with this idea oh we got hot tub rob here what's up hot tub rob thank you thank you for that and and Jody Ramone wants more cereal or snack reviews. I'm trying not to eat sugar right now and junk food. That's why there's been no snack reviews, okay? I'm eating goji berries. How about that? You heard about goji berries? They're really good for you. Uh, all right. Let's, let's keep going because I don't have all the time in the world. Now, the title of this video is What the Misfits Mean to Me. And what the misfits mean to me, well, I, I literally have spent... 500 something shows or however many shows have done talking about what the misfits mean to me. So it's not really what the misfits mean to me. However, I do want to extend that question to anybody in the audience and I will read your answer. If you post your post your answer in the chat and I will read your answer. Um, what do the misfits mean to you? And what That's like a really abstract question. If you feel like answering it, put your, your, your really silly or your really serious answer in the in the comments okay uh the re the the reason why this this show is called what the misfits mean to me is because there is an article that josh pointed out to me sharpie riot pointed this out to me uh we were talking he was like he was like yeah man like uh jesse michaels from operation ivy listens to the misfits or likes the misfits i'm like get the f out of here i just can't imagine um you know the dude from common rider and op ivy and you know, just being down with, with Danzig, you know, it's funny. It's funny. It's kind of polarizing in like the punk rock world. You're either a, a diehard lover of the misfits or you find them really corny and goofy. I feel like it's just a straight divide like that. You know what I mean? Um, but in this case, I thought, wow, wouldn't it be interesting to read what Jesse Michaels and some other like lesser no, I don't want to say no name, but people that I'm not really, that I don't really know that well, uh, what they all think about the misfits. So that's what we are going to do. Um, what you have no idea what goji berries are. They are, they are like, they're like a superfood. They're like really good for you. And, Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Angus Angus said they had a relative, who caught the you-know-what multiple times when she was a nurse. She still cannot taste food to this day. Terrible. I'm so sorry to hear that. I recently joined a punk soccer supporter group called St. Louis City Punks. The slogan is the Misfits Walk Among Us. It's great. Um, yeah, so let's read. What the Misfits mean to me. This is old. This is from punknews.org. And, you know, here, let's say 
I'll, I'll I'll get to the comments in a minute. Let's just let's let's look through. First, let's see what what does Jesse Michaels of of uh, Operation Ivy think about the Misfits? That is really curious to me. Let's see here. here there he is. There's Jesse Michaels. Um, Jesse Michaels says the following: No disrespect to latter era Misfits, but this commentary refers to the Danzig era. The Misfits are one of the very best bands of any rock punk genre. Nobody has ever written songs as hauntingly great as those. The only person who comes close in terms of otherworldly spookiness, melodic brilliance is Rocky. It's, I think it's actually Rocky Erickson. Obviously, the whole shtick is over the top campy and the lyrics make absolutely no sense. But that only adds to the charm, as does the lo-fi attack. They have some flawed stuff in the tuning and tuning issues on Earth AD and tuning issues on Earth AD can even challenge a diehard garage ghoul. But songs like Skulls, Where Eagles Dare and so on are unforgettable total classics. People like to ironically make fun of Glenn Danzig. But if all he ever did was write, say, hate readers, he still would have contributed more to the world than every sarcastic internet nerd put together. Long live the Misfits. At their best, they were one of the best rock and roll bands to ever strike a note. I mean, that is like, that is shocking. I just never would expect that from a guy like Jesse Michaels, like who just, what what words, man? What words? That's, oof, oof. Keep those, keep those uh, sentiments coming in the comments. We'll read through them after this. This is from Andy Lefton from War-Plague. I don't know War or Plague. If anybody knows, I don't know. Uh, but this is from a guy named Andy, and he has a empire from the Star Wars Empire logo tattooed on his arm. He says, the Misfits broke up in 1983 and left an impact on me that would forever change the trajectory of my life. It was around 1988, and if memory serves me right, I was in the seventh grade. After getting off the bus from school one day, a friend approached me and said, my mom won't let me have this. You want it? And proceeded to hand over a cassette tape. It was odd with lots of purple, black, and green colors and said, Misfits, walk among us. Never heard of them, but without hesitation, I took it and threw it into my bag, hopped on my GT, which is a bike, a BMX bike, if you don't know what that is, and rode home. Throughout the 80s, I did a bit of breakdancing and had a mild interest in hair metal. So my flavors varied from Nucleus, Run DMC, to Def Leppard and Van Halen. I was fanatical about music, but had limited means as I was stuck in a very small town in Colorado called Mead. Upon arriving at my family's trailer, I immediately ran into my room to throw in this Misfits tape and can honestly say that that moment changed everything. I was completely floored. The tape stayed in my boombox until the ribbon stretched. I remember obsessively looking over the album art and what every nuance and every nuance that it had to offer. The imagery, the lyrics and emotion captivated me and forged a path to being a lifelong fan. I'd always carry extra batteries with me everywhere I went in case my Walkman died. 
I remember studying the layers of guitars and feedback, listening to Earth AD and the epic woes of Astro Zombies, my personal favorite. The primal analog production mixed with melodies that can never be imitated. I'm happy to be a part of something that was a one-time thing. It'll never be replicated and will remain infinitely relevant. As we got older, friends got their driver's license and I was able to escape my small town and make it to the mall where disc jockey had a very small area of punk and hardcore. This is where I would obsessively scan the tapes for anything misfits. We all did that. I did that. That is just something you do. I was able to find Earth AD, Legacy of Brutality, etc., and my love for this band grew even more. By the time I was 18, I was hitting up Wax Tracks Records in Boulder, finding 7 Inches and anything on vinyl related to the Misfits. I still have these records and bring them out every Halloween. Personally, it's a bit difficult to put into words the impact this music had on me, but it was incredibly uh, incredibly powerful a sort of metamorphosis as I didn't quite know where I was going and never really followed a specific crowd. This experience gave me a tribe to run with and can honestly say it brought me to where I am today. I'd like to thank my friend for that tape, but I can't even remember his name. It's crazy that something as minuscule as handing over a cassette tape can completely change you as a person. It could have been any band really but this was meant to be the, uh, this path ultimately brought me deeper into the world of music. I now play guitar in war plague. I also work as a 3d animator filmmaker. And the last few years I've been finding time to do a misfits, Sam Hain tribute animation every year. The image of the band still gets me fired up from Halloween and I love to bring that stuff to life. Wow. Look at this. I need, I've never seen this before. Let's take a look. This is from Andy. Cool. Look what he put together. Oh, my God. They should have him friggin' Glenn Danzig should hire this dude to do the graphics uh, up on the LCD screen for uh, the, the live Misfit shows coming. Isn't that perfect? Look at that thing. Uh, God, I love that pumpkin. Don't you just love that friggin' pumpkin? Um, just Just so you know, I see comments populating in case you are just joining us. I'm asking everybody to write in the comments what the misfits mean to you. And then I'm going to read them at the end of the episode. We're just going to keep going for a little bit longer and then we'll go to that. Um, this is like uh, an anniversary episode of sorts. And uh, I'm feeling extra sentimental and emotional tonight because I just can't believe, you know, I'm still doing this and that, you know, I guess, what I'm trying to say is that like doing this was like brought great structure to my life at a time where I was feeling very lost and I'm just so grateful. And I'm grateful that like, I met so many of you guys that come into the chat and like, you know, talk with me and uh, do this stuff with me. So I just want to say, thanks. Whoa, crap. We lost the, uh, we lost the thing. Let's uh, let's get it back here. I'm going to reshare that. Um, Hold on, sharing my screen. Here we go. <clears throat> Let's read another one. So that was from that was from Andy Lefton from War Plague. Cool, Andy. Thanks for that. Truly. Here's Andy with somebody else. All right. Oh no, sorry. So this is uh Javier Van Haas. 
uh, from 18 visions and poison the well, more, more bands that I, I don't know, but that's okay. Sometimes you don't know a band and, you know, uh, sometimes you do and it's, it could be a real sticky situation and you know, what else is sticky riot stickers. That's right. This channel is sponsored by riotstickers.com. in case you didn't know, um, Again, uh, CEO Sharpie Riot, who actually provided this article for us to read, or at least sent me. Yeah, I think he sent me the article. I was like, ah, oh, definitely going to do something with this someday. He is the uh, the the CEO of, of RiotStickers.com, which powers the channel. We have a special deal going with Riot Stickers. You can only get this deal uh, right here on the channel. And basically what it is, is you can get a thousand stickers for $79. So if you have something that you need printed on a sticker, imagine having a thousand stickers at your disposal. That's seven cents per sticker. That's unbelievable. Seven cents per sticker. These are printed on vinyl there. They have UV uh, protection. There's like a UV protection, protective coating to protect it from the sun. The last forever. And we got a special deal down in the description of this video. You are going to find a, uh, a link that will take you to this deal. It's the only place you can get this deal. Thousand stickers for $79. Uh, Ride stickers is the same place where we'll be printing up those, those t-shirts in the near future, those free shirts. And um, what else was I going to say? Additionally, you'll notice down in the comments, you'll notice something called from at gmail.com. And what I'm hoping to do is I'm trying to direct people. People write to me all the time. I'm not saying this in any kind of conceited way. Because I feel con I feel self conscious in that sort of way when I say something like that. I really don't mean it. It's like legit true. I get messages from all sorts of inboxes on Instagram and Facebook, and they overwhelm me and bring me anxiety. And it's hard to respond to everything. And so I thought, what better way than consolidate everything? I created a Gmail especially for people that want to uh, write in to communicate in some way, shape, or form. So that way I could check one inbox instead of a bunch of inboxes. So go to fromismail at gmail.com. Okay. That is the place to write me a message. If you had something that you wanted to say to me, whether you want to be angry at me or you want to make a suggestion or you're, you're just stoked and just want to say, you know, uh, share a story um, in so something related to something we talked about on the channel. That's the place to go and do it. Uh, here is our 60-second video, RiotStickers.com. Yeah, baby, riotstickers.com. Okay. Let's read about this. what this guy Javier has to say about the Misfits. What did the Misfits mean 
to Javier Van Hus. Has anybody does anybody know these people, Javier or this other guy, Andy? You tell me. You know these guys? All right, this is from a guy who was in a band called Poison the Well and 18 Visions. It's a strange thing to hear a 15-year-old say, I-R-A-P-E-D, your mother today. But that's what happened to me. I have three children, and I do not adjust my music in the car to cater to their needs. This has resulted in them being exposed to all sorts of scary things, including Danzig's lyrics. I remember my love of the misfits started at age 15 myself, as did mine, as did mine, as a result of being super into skateboarding and specifically Thrasher magazine. Collection one on cassette was the first of Danzig's musical endeavors that I purchased with my own money. My first garage band in 1992 covered Skulls. I attended the concert recorded live on Thrall Demon Sweat Live. It's Thrall Demon Sweat Live at Irvine Meadows. Danzig was a part of my experience growing up, so it's not surprising that it's been part of my children's. I totally understand the broad appeal. The Misfits are not quite punk, not quite rock and roll. They're totally punk. They're totally rock and roll, but obviously weirdly different enough to be accepted by people who are into those things. That's a weird sentence, but okay. Uh, the Crimson Ghost logo is a tribal is a tribal marking. Yeah, I agree with that. Wow, that's a great way to put it. Tribal marking, it is. The Crimson Ghost logo is a tribal marking and a surefire conversation starter in public. Absolutely, dude. I agree, Javier. It's considered a guarded and coveted subculture within the underground. Yep. The lyrics are somehow cryptic yet accessible and catchy, so single, singing along is easy, even if you don't know what they mean or what they actually are. I mean, that's that's my favorite question to ask when I was conducting interviews for that project. I'd always like ask me, I was like, if you go to a Misfits show and it's your first time, you may not know the lyrics to any of the words, but you know how to go whoa. You know how to sing whoa. And therefore, because you know how to whoa, you can still participate. You can still be included in this band. <laughs> Sorry, that's so bad. Um which brings us back to children singing along songs about remembering Halloween, not being a son of a bitch and having that fucking attitude have become a part of our own personal cultural landscape. I can't imagine what long-term effect it, this has on us, but we will find out. I mean, even just the fact that like, you know, when Texas comes up in the conversation and you just go, yeah. Texas is the reason and people, you know, there's a band called Texas is the reason. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Well, I did know that eventually. Um, but you know, I don't know. I too. So I have a, I've talked about my children on the show. I have a three-year-old soon to be four-year-old and a seven-year-old uh, going on eight. And they, they both have heard some misfits stuff. And um, I used to sing, I used to sing misfit songs, like kind of like in like a, uh, you know, a lullaby kind of way to my son. I used to sing skulls, you know, to my daughter. <laughs> and my wife would turn to me and be like, what the F is wrong with you, man? Or like, stop. But, you know, it's funny. It's funny, but I would sing it all cutesy, you know. The corpses all hang headless and limp. Bodies with no surprises and the blood drains down like a devil. I mean, to like, you know, to any little kid that's going to sound friendly. 
Um, but there is something kind of like macabre and tongue in cheek about being like, I want your skull. It's just, I don't know. It's great, man. I mean, when you when he sings, I want your skull, I need your skull. It's not just, it's not just a desire. It's a lamentation of how desperately skulls are needed for what purpose. I don't know, but it really is. It's so friggin' brilliant. It really is. All right. This is from a guy called Christopher Jesus from crazy in the brains which is a band that actually Sharpie was talking about when he was referencing this, uh, this article. So there you go. Um, uh, and again, uh, I see the comments filling up. We're going to go back to them. I promise, promise we're going to get to the comments. This is from Christoph Jesus from crazy in the brains. Um, let me take a little seltzer just to wet the whistle here. Coming from New Jersey, you are guaranteed to love two things, chicken parm and the misfits. Misfits came out of North Jersey, a place that is inherently creepy. Bergen County, uh, ugly factories, polluted. No, 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 no. Newark. He, Newark is the place where there's ugly factories and polluted air. Bergen is a really nice, quaint, like suburban sort of area. Yeah, it's got. OK, maybe it's got a little in, industrial bend to it, but like it's pretty it's a pretty quaint, you know, it's a pretty quaint suburb, man. Or, or uh, nestle of suburbs because they're all townships. They have these little townships, you know. Uh, they left an indelible mark on NJ punk, punk rock in general, and all those and pioneered horror punk. I mean, yeah, I don't know how I, I don't. That's a weird sentence too, but whatever. Um, they are revered where I come from. They were the perfect bridge between the 1960s music of my parents' era. And the fu aggression of punk hardcore, uh, they only could have come out of exactly where they were from. The time and place were perfect. They have fans of every type of background, which is, you know, again, someone who's a diehard metalhead, you know, and big fan of Metallica is going to be a fan of the Misfits in the same way that like a hardcore meathead is. And these guys would never get along on any other sort of subject, but the misfits, the misfits skull has had a huge impact on pop culture as well. You see that thing all over the effing globe. I will say they're easily among the top five or at least top 10 favorite band list of most punk rockers. Absolutely. All right. I've made my point. So slap on your earth AD record, order up a large chicken parm sandwich from Joe's pizza. All right. This guy, sorry, Christoph, you clearly don't know what you're talking about. Steve Zing would be very mad with you with your request because he would, he would correct you immediately and say, if you're going to get a chicken parm sandwich, it better be from Lodi pizza, not Joe's pizza. Come on, crack open an old English and enjoy a brutally New Jersey night. PS. I am strictly speaking about Danzig era misfits, 1977 to 1983. As far as I'm concerned, they did not make any more records after Glenn left the band. I believe at that point, Jerry only moved to Costa Rica and gave boat tours under the name Juan Pablo. Danzig kept making music and doing push-ups, though. See ya. Okay. All right. This is from a guy named Travis Yablon from a band called Fat Heaven. Okay. Um, I imagine my Misfits discovery was the opposite for me compared to most people. As I was introduced to Danzig first, I was that's quite common, actually. It's not that weird. I was still in diapers when my dad would play mother around the house. And it wasn't until years later that I'd heard hybrid moments for the first time and immediately recognized the voice. 
from there, I was absolutely hooked on the Misfits. I went back and I listened to everything I could find. They just completely 100% appealed to everything I liked or wanted in music. Horror, humor, fast, catchy. I mean, Jerry and Doyle even wrestled in WCW at one point. They ticked all the boxes. Not only are they one of the most influential punk bands and pioneered horror punk, but they, are all, but they were also so versatile within the genre. Each song was remarkably different while sounding unmistakably like the Misfits, from rockabilly to hardcore and all in between. They just have what I consider perfect song after perfect song for the entire era Danzig was around. I was asked at work a few days ago, if you were to get a tattoo of a band, which, which band would it be? The answer was easy because I already have a Misfits tattoo, as do I. Yada, yada, yada. And it's interesting to hear how people talk. Like you could tell their age. Like anybody who's talking about horror punk is clearly younger or, you know, probably leaning younger than someone. Like it's, I don't know. I just think it's kind of interesting how, how people like describe. But an overwhelming theme here is, you know, um, I mean, I don't know if these people are authorities on anything, but. I do agree. I really, and I'm, and this is outside of my bias. I really do. I think about all the bands that are touched by the misfits that like are affected by the misfits. And I have to say they have to be um, maybe in the top five, absolutely most influential bands, uh, punk bands of all time. And, you know, some people would correct me and, and you know, they put the clash and the Ramones and the Pistols and the Damned and, you know, just whatever. Like, but there's so many other bands that might come before. But here's the thing. I'm not just thinking about those bands. I'm thinking about like, I'm, I'm thinking about like the, 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 the um, area of which the musical area of which the misfits stretch that those bands don't. And conversely, Think about all of the metal bands that have been influenced by the misfits in some way, shape or form that none of those bands sort of have any kind of like grip. They don't have the same grip. And um, I don't know. I just think the misfits, they just stretch farther in so many ways. And again, maybe I'm biased. I've also made the bold assumption that after the Beatles, it is arguable to say that the Ramones might be, the most influential band of all time. I mean, they are, when you think about the Ramones impact on alternative music and sure, you know, by proxy, you could say the Stooges fall into that category as well. It gets convoluted. It's not a contest, man. It's really not. But like, when you think about how far and how, how deep the impact of a band like the Ramones is, you know what I mean? Like they are really, they, they are probably the number they're absolutely number one. I think when it comes to punk rock, I do, I really do. I used to say Iggy and the Stooges, but I, when I really, th and you know, I would say it goes Ramones. Then it comes, then the, then the pistols. Huh, man, that is a really tough list. That is a really, really tough list. All right. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm getting lost here. This is from Ray Finkel from a a Spiga, a Spiga. Insignificant Others and Mitchell. Never heard of any of these bands. They say that the sense of smell is very powerful in invoking memories of a time and place that heavily resonates with you. That is true. 
I feel like the same can be said about the sense of sound. Absolutely. I threw on Misfits Collection 1 to refresh my memory of when I was first exposed to the Misfits and faint, distant images of my teenage bedroom came to mind. My favorite way to find out about music has always been through the word of mouth and conversing with a friend. In a time before the internet, uh, in a time before the internet was in full swing, this is how I stumbled onto the Misfits. A fellow teenager, a fellow teenage high school chum uh, driving us around in their parents' car. But let's rewind to an even earlier time of musical consumption. In my formative years, my parents raised me on the radio, specifically the local oldie station. Again, this is a stark contrast of the pre-internet days to now, where uh, the musical thirst drove us to not to the only free option at hand, the radio. The local oldie station playing the top 40 of the 1950s and 60s nonstop doo-wop, Motown, and early rock and roll, a wonderful musical introduction course for the genres that would come into play later on in my life. Now let's take a brief pause to discuss how large the horror genre fan base is. Members of the horror community can be found in the fandoms of any genre of music, from rock, from rock to punk and metal to every subgenre beneath. Regardless of musical taste, it seems like one can have a conversation with anyone at any show about horror movies. My first job was at Blockbuster was at a Blockbuster video store, if you remember those. So I binged on all of the movies they had, along with renting videos from smaller stores that carried horror films, not quite family enough for the chain video rental store. Well, short story long, if you throw all of those ingredients together, the outcome might just be the misfits, the horror punk pioneers whose songs nod to the sound of the 50s and 60s with a twist of gothic lyrical imagery, a dark sense of humor, all the while steadily riding the wave into the 80s hardcore punk movie movement. They have a long-reaching and lasting influence of the Ramones for those they have the long-reaching and lasting influence of the Ramones for those darker punk and rock genres. From my rare bootleg DVDs to my folk punk acoustic project with accordion to the countless Fiend Skulls and Fiend Skull parody art I own to the seven-inch flexi-disc bootleg of their songs played on a poorly recorded church organ that I found at a random at a random in Canada at a, that I found at a random in Canada, okay, at a random record store in Canada, you're missing the word record store, to the Nutley Brass Band Lounge renditions, thanks Jerry for that, to the tattoo on my arm, and to finally seeing them together on the stage for the first time in over 30 years, the Misfits have meant a great deal to me throughout the duration of my life, and still do, thank you for reading this, and man, doesn't that, like everything I just said about how influence how, how much influence the misfits have in the same way that the Ramones have like this widespread influence. He just nailed it perfectly. I must hand it to Ray Finkel who perfectly nails like, what is that overlying thing? It's not just from a musical place. It's also from the, you know, the misfits reference lots of pop culture. I mean, a lot of bands reference pop culture, but there's something about the misfits. They write about horror movies or there's a lot of horror movie imagery. And therefore that, that is like an, that's like this extra bridge that allows you to maybe connect with that. As I was saying that metal head or 
whatever, just some some other person who's outside of the subgenre or subculture that you're into. It's pretty interesting. Okay, that's the end. That's the end of the article. Um, let's go to the comments and we will we'll wrap everything up. Um, all right, I'm going back up. So once again, I'm going to write this one more time. And then when I get to the mother effing bottom, we're, we're going to peace out of here. The, my question to you, if you haven't written it already, is what do the misfits mean to you? And I guess to reiterate, as I said, I've sort of talked about this, you know, in various different ways over, you know, the last three years. But basically what the misfits mean to me is um, a sense of identity and belonging um, when I didn't really feel any. I've told this story in the past. I, I think this story really sort of sums it up for me. And, and this is apart from this is apart from the story because I love the story of the misfits. That's why I'm so attracted to this stuff. The story, it's a beautiful story, man, to me about like, you know, um, creating your own art and finding an audience and connecting directly with that audience and creating something with great impact that left a beautiful corpse that people are still obsessing over, uh, you know, almost five decades later, right? Like, we're, or, yeah, five decades later. Um, this is the, the, it's not really a story, but basically when I was younger, I used to have, uh, I used to have, my nose used to stick out a lot more because my face wasn't, was, wasn't as fat. I had skinnier, I had a skinnier face. So I had a bigger nose and kids used to call me Gonzo. And if they didn't call me Gonzo, they called me, I was also known as the boy from Mars. Cause I was, you know, ADHD, weird wacky whatever you want to call it so i was the boy from mars and you know i was an alien i was not from this planet and you know to hear a song like i turned into a martian like it just it floored me man it floored me even as a teenager i mean all of those songs floored me but just this idea that like you know i could be proud of the fact that maybe i do come from mars I turned into a Martian. I can't even recall my name. Like to embrace this thing that made me feel like an outsider. And that's, so that's what the misfits mean to me, a sense of belonging, a wavelength that perhaps others are not dialed into. And I love, I'll love them forever. No matter what happens, no matter what has happened, whatever the, whatever may come that will never change for me. And I love them for that. Okay. Let's see what all of you have said. We'll start with Jody Ramon here says without the misfits, I'd be without the misfits. So I'd be sad. That's what it means to me. Okay. That, <laughs> that sounds like, it sounds like we've, you've written a, uh, that was your homework for school. And like, you didn't really know how you wanted to answer it in that moment. So you just sort of like reiterated what the question was as your answer. So uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a C plus. <laughs> um, this is from S 23 GFD. The misfits mean that some of the most powerful music is overlooked as campy, but Glenn is a genius and their music is timeless. That's cool. Um, this is from, I can't see because of the stupid friggin' 
There we go. This is from the Paul Smackage brother. The Paul Smackage brother. The misfits mean the world to me because Doyle is a spoke. Is <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm not laughing at you. Let me let me take that again. The misfits mean the world to me because Doyle is a spooky Hulk Hogan and kooky Uncle Glenn is a conspiracy theorist. And last but not least, Uncle Jer always does it for the kids. I love that. For the kids, right? For the kids. Love it. Love it. That's great. That's great. Biz says, you guys are the only misfits community I've ever chit-chatted with. I didn't know they there were they were divisive amongst rock fans till now. I don't know if they're divisive, but you know, there are some people out there who are just like, think the misfits are super corny. And generally they're like, I don't know. I feel like those, the, the, that contingent is an, is a sort of like an older, grumpier curmudgeon contingent who maybe were a few years too late to seeing them live, but saw a lot of great, like, you know, punk and hardcore in the eighties, or maybe they did catch them live and just, kind of wrote them off as like the spooky kiss like that they always get written off as spooky kiss dlw says i just came home from a deviated septum surgery bleeding like a pig feeling like a misfit song um i hope i wishing your uh deviated septum uh a strong healing process and i hope that you know they tell me i have a deviated septum i'm not tasting or smelling like, you know, 60% of what I could be. And I just never gotten it fixed. So maybe I'll join you someday. In any case, I'm wishing you a full, strong recovery. And I hope everything that you eat and drink and smell uh, tastes really or is stronger and more effective. <laughs> uh, but uh, rest up, rest up and, and be well, DLW. Um we have uh hot tub Rob here. BMAC hot tub. Rob says, Jeff, I was a skater kid in 1986 and the imagery and awesome sound was unlike anything else. I felt validated as an outsider and that I had a special secret in the misfits. Yeah. That's a huge element too. Um, you know, the misfits are a special secret. And when you see someone else, I, how many times have I said this on the show? When you see somebody else wearing that, uh, wearing rocking that special secret, you feel an affinity and it's a great feeling. Uh, Dan says to me, they mean great lyrics, great music and great melodies, catchy riffs and Glenn's vocals are some of the best in punk metal or hard rock. I've been a fan for decades. Love it. Love it. Uh, hot tub. Rob also says, Later became my intro into guitar as I learned every single song and had a cover band. All the while, I've loved Glenn's self-determination and don't give a crap attitude uh, what others want you to do. Um, that's great. And yeah, that I mean, that's okay. You know, I think you just summed up the perfect word for what, what I love so much about the Misfit story. It is a story of self-determination, and that's how I live my life. I live my life by self-determination, you know, like for all intents and purposes, I it, like it's, I never should have been able to um, complete the two features that I set out to do. And through self-determination, I was able to do that. And, you know, now I'm working on the third and some other things. And like, so self-determination is like a theme that 
I identify with in my life and I see it so clearly. It's such an inspiration. The misfits are such an inspiration in that kind of way, that self-determination. I'm going to do my own I'm going to do my own record label. I'm going to put out my own music. I'm going to start my own record list. I'm going to do my own thing. And, you know, to an extent, that's kind of like what this channel is for me now. It's kind of like my own little self-determination to have my own little broadcasting studio. Cause that's what I think of it as. This is just a broadcasting studio to just, you know, beam out, you know, stuff out into the world. And yeah, I don't know, but the misfits definitely mean some of that too. In that way. I love that self-determination save the kids says my entire youth after 12 years old in 1984, wearing a black jean jacket with a huge fiend club patch on the back of it displaying 10 different misfits buttons some home homemade earth ad was the beginning that's awesome that's great thank you for sharing um save the kids also says poison the wells the opposite of december is one of the best albums ever give it a shot you will agree i am always open to music so i will give it a shot i will check it out uh what I, I know I could Google this, but I'm in the middle of a show right now. What what is the genre? Give me the what is like or what you know. Give me some sort of like description of of Poison the Well to help me better understand. I will check out that album, The Opposite of December. Cool. Uh, I'll I'll check that out on Spotify. Uh, Dan says, "Big thanks to you, Jeff, for providing endless hours of content, rants, and information on one of the greatest bands on this planet or any other." Thank you, thank you, Dan. I appreciate it, and thank you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting. And thank you for contributing in the comments. I love all you guys talking in the comments. It's great. It's great. It helps keep the show going because when you, you, we bounce off each other, right? So it's great. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Um, <laughs> oh, pop punk, but Hey, what's up you punks. That's Matt, John mom, Longoria. What's up saying, Hey, Jeff, thanks for all you do. You help, you help me keep sane during the pandemic, my recent pregnancy. Okay, Mazel Tov, mom, on your uh, recent pregnancy, and um, are, is is the are you is is your baby born yet, or are you still gestating? What's going on? Um, in any case, many Mazel Tovs to you and your family. That's awesome. Angus says, "I enjoy how enthusiastic you are when you are live streaming. You always have something interesting to say, whether you are talking about music, films, food, or bizarre historical facts." Thank you, man. Angus, thank you for your support, and thank you for always jumping in the comments and contributing in some way, shape, or form. I really do appreciate it, and uh, I'm glad you enjoy it too, man. Uh, yes, I know, mom. I know this. There are misfits lullaby covers. Yes. <laughs> So I'm not the only one. Uh, mom, mom lets uh, lets her kids listen to those covers at night. There you go. Uh, HMX band says uh, that's Jake, right? Jake is your name. HMX band says even though this is live right now, I'm exhausted. And I've been sick. I'm going to watch the whole thing tomorrow. Feel better, man. Feel feel better. Uh, don't forget Black Flag. Yeah, Black Flag, deeply influential band. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Jake says. But the list of how they influenced and what they mean to me is immeasurable. Glad they booked another couple of reunion shows. Might go down to the Prudential again. Um, Dagger Love saying, yeah, got Dagger Love's going to Prudential. Uh, misfits are a way of life. I was a teenage misfit. D 
Dagger, I gave you a shout out at the beginning of the show. It's the anniversary from when we first started in Dagger. You were there at the very beginning along with Rue Morg. So big shout out to you. And uh, I can't believe we're still doing this three years later. It's crazy. Uh, Matt Johnson says it really it's really not that big of a deal. Three years is like a very small amount of time. But again, because of this particular three years, it really does feel like five years or like 10 years. Feel, no, not 10 years. Come on, come on, Jeff. 10 years. It's not 10 years. It feels it feels like way longer than three years, though. Like you have to admit it feels longer than three years. Um, Matt John says Ramones were my premier punk band, but Misfits were fun. I had so many fun, brief combos about them with cool chicks and dudes and some dumb ones, too. Dr. Airlift says, <clears throat> Dr. Airlift says the Misfits for me is the perfect marriage of Beatlesque melodies against punk thrash music and also has the underground coolness as well as a large mystique, you know. I love that you mentioned Beatlesque melodies because nobody ever wants to mix the Beatles with the Misfits. And I'm sure Glenn Danzig uh, would be the first one to retch at such a, a thing. But, you know, and I'm not saying that they're that they are Beatlesque particularly, but in terms of like pop sensibilities, that it's pop, dude. And that's what we was talking. We talked about that last time with Larry the Wolf. It's it's freaking power pop, dude. He said, oh, no, he said the Ramones were power pop. But the Misfits are pop too, man. A lot of that stuff, that those hooks, man. Uh, Amy, thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate it. Amy, I gave you a shout out too at the beginning. Um, she says, the first song I heard from the Misfits was Last Caress at age eight. I was instantly hooked. They're super catchy 50s rock and roll with snarling aggression of hardcore. Hi, love your channel. Cough cool. Thank you, Amy. I really do appreciate it. Amy is another one who has been around for a long time always jumping in, whatever the topic is, always weighing in, very knowledgeable. Uh, appreciate you, Amy, and thank you for the support, truly. Biz says, I just love listening to their music and their antics are bizarre and entertaining. They sure are, and they make for great conversation. They do. Angus says, the Misfits were a band who the person I married enjoyed, laughed at, and caught many uh, rhythms with. Sadly, the marriage didn't last, but that doesn't spoil the music for me. Of course not. And, you know, it sounds like the music, maybe it holds positive memories with what it, within whatever that relationship might have been on, on some level, on some positive level and some or something positive to come from that in that way. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just putting my foot in my mouth. But thank you for sharing that, Angus, truly. Um, Freaking. Thanks, Jeff. The baby will be two months next week. Awesome. That is great. I hope you're getting sleep. And uh, what a blessing. And ma again, many mazel tops. That's great. That's great. Um, Astro Zombies says, the misfits mean a lot to me because their music helped me discover what makes me, well, me from growing up on horror movies and comic books. Uh, to me, discovering the band was just a gold mine of a find. You know, on a very simple base level, it that is like so, that is so succinct, man. That's so truthful. I mean, that's so like real. And I so relate to that too, man. It's true. It helped me discover me. And that's that's an extension of that. Like I turned into a Martian. That's like, okay, I'm, a, I'm not like, I, I don't fit in in the way that I need to fit in. And maybe I am a Martian and maybe that's okay. And that's it. 
and and just like when you hear that song the woes and the way that you get that little like the closest thing to a guitar solo that's in a misfit song and it just pumps you up and makes you feel good about being an outsider or about being someone who doesn't fit <laughs> sorry i have to walk away from that <laughs> okay i'm back <laughs> that was so bad that was so bad rue morgue in the house rue we gave you a big shout out man we gave you a big shout he says can't believe it's been three years already thank you jeff for entertaining me over the years oh my god rue oh my god how could i forget runners dial zero bro i you know i was naming like names like throughout like the last three years Runner's Dial Zero has been around a long time in the chat, always coming in, dropping in, supporting, and whatnot. Shout out to Runner's Dial Zero for sure. Typing what the Misfits means to me would have to be an essay or something. One thing they taught me is how amazing music could sound, and it didn't need to like, and it didn't need to like a Metallica. <clears throat> no, it didn't need a Metallica or YouTube budget and producer. Um, well stated. Well stated. Jared, Jared is here and he says, besides being the greatest band ever, in my opinion, the Misfits got me into physical fitness. That's interesting. Um, is that because like Jerry and Doyle are always like working out and stuff and like Danzig's like, you know, muscular was muscular in the nineties. Um, kind of curious, Jared. Um, runner says, and yeah, Zero bad songs from 77 to 83. There are like 50 something of them, I believe. Okay. So if we're talking about songs that were officially released from 77 all the way up, like posthumously, like, you know, on box set and everything, there's 54 ish songs. If you include, if you include Mephisto Waltz, there's 54 songs. And if you're a Patreon, you know, I asked Dear Yvonne about that. Because Erie, um, Erie recorded Mephisto Waltz with 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 Glenn, and I asked him, "Do you think it's a Misfits song, or do you think it's a Sam Hain song?" And if you're a Patreon, you will know what he said. Um, and that brings us to the end. I'll, I'm just going to say it one last time: What do if you are just joining us? What do the Misfits mean to you? We've already read the article through. This is our three year anniversary show, and um. Yeah, we got lots of we got stuff coming up the pike. I can't wait. Um, I'm really excited for the play, you guys. The audio play, which is my original narrative screenplay, my shadow. Um, and I talked about that in an episode. Go check that out. That is going to be so much fun. And what I want you to do, if you decide to join us, if you decide to join us for this original narrative that I have written, um, the idea is that we're going to, it's going to be like a round table reading. I'm going to have people reading the parts of the screenplay and you, you got to turn off all the lights in the room. You're in maybe light a candle, maybe some incense, like kick back. And you just have to like stare at the ceiling or, you know, you can look at your computer screen, but the, the goal is that you sort of paint a picture of what, what you're hearing in your mind. Like you're, kind of like an audio book or an audio, but really just like a radio drama, that kind of thing. And um, yeah, I'm just really excited. I'm really, really, really excited. And eventually that will be the next feature length film. And it's got, uh, it's, I would definitely say it's, it's got some really 
grizzly grizzly stuff, some fun stuff, campy, midnight, weirdo stuff. So if you like any of that stuff, you're going to really like that. Jared says, absolutely. We were asking Jared about what the uh, fitness thing or how the misfits got into fitness. And he said, they showed me in high school that it was okay to be into lifting weights without being a dumb jock. That's great. That's really great. And, you know, I'd say lifting weights is a pretty positive thing, you know. Um, anything that you're doing to keep your body in a good shape, it's a good thing. Uh, Matt John says, I think Evil Live was the first Misfits I heard, and it always amused me how uh, do-it-yourself and chaotic it is. Um, I think the, so the first, the first Misfits I ever heard was Last Caress. And then, so the first three songs I heard were Last Caress, Ghoul's Night Out, and then Day of the Dead which sounded different from Ghoul's Night Out and Last Caress. And I didn't understand why that was. I'm like, wait, why is this is weird? But this is also The Misfits. And um, I didn't know that there were two singers at the time. I didn't just didn't or whatever. I didn't know that that Graves uh, was, you know, whatever. I didn't know about the Graves band. And um, man, I got to tell you, I tried to show all my friends Last Caress and none of them got it. They all looked at me like I had 11 billion heads. They were like, this, like, what is this crap? Nobody wanted to listen to that. And when I finally met Misfits fans that were into the Misfits, it was such a, like, it was such a friggin', I don't even know. Like, it just, I, I was so excited. I was so floored in a way that I hadn't been floored when I had met somebody else who was maybe into, I don't know, what was I into before? I don't know. It, it, just like, like if I was into, um, I don't know, Star Wars or something, I don't know. But like, like it was something about like meeting someone who, who knew, who A, knew who the Misfits were and B, loved them as much as I did. Oh my God. What a friggin', um, it, it was like, it was, it was just like, uh, finding a piece of the puzzle or something. I don't even know. Uh, it's late. I got to wake up early in the morning. Once again, uh, wife is out of the country. So I am on full kid duty, man. That's, you know, uh, six 30 every morning doing the breakfast, breakfast, making lunch, making sure they got on the bus, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so I'm going to go to bed cause it is like hell when I don't, when I'm not prepared in the morning. Oh my God. Like, I got to like prep everything the night before. So I'm going to do that now and then get to sleep and wake up for them. But uh, I just want to thank you all again. And again, just to, to reiterate, to sandwich in the message that I said at the beginning, um, you know, do something, you know, if, if you're, if you're, if you were like me, like at, at the time I was when I was starting to do this thing that like I found that like, I really love doing and that I feel like I excel at in some way, shape or form. Like if you have something like that in your life, don't wait a second longer, just go out and do it, go out and do something, go out and do the thing that, that makes you feel good about yourself and that you feel passionate about. And that makes you like, you know, uh, uh, like yourself in that kind of way. Um, it, it's just so, it, it, it's just so worth it, man. It just, um, it, it gives new meaning. It gives new meaning and it, it puts a spring in your step. Uh, I don't know what, what else to say about it. Back in high school, Astro Zombie says, back in high school, my best friend was curious of what I was blasting in my headphones and I let him listen to it and it was bullet. 
And he looked at me as if I had shot Henry myself. Ooh, Dan is asking if I'm going to ask the contest question. So to reiterate what I said earlier, we're going to be doing. I So the plan is that I'm going to be designing a, a from us theme t-shirt. Yes. It's going to have like a misfits vibe to it. Uh, I kind of have an idea for what I want the design to be. And I'm going to have riot stickers print up a, a certain number of shirts. Now here's the thing. Th these shirts are not going to be for sale. They are going to be free and they're going to be for people that ask that answer the first person to answer a specific question that I ask at the end of an episode. And normally right now I would ask that question. Uh, I have not prepared any of that stuff yet. Um, I just wanted to let you guys all know about it, that it, it is coming uh, very, very, very soon. I will be unveiling the design very, very, very soon and to keep your eyes peeled. So at the end of an episode, you stick around to the end of the episode and you answer the question in real time as fast as you possibly can. Now, you know, I can't like if you Google it and you look it up, I mean, that's, I mean, I guess that's fair play. I don't, I, you know, I hope you don't, but like, that's fair play. The first person to get the answer into my e inbox is the person who I will ask for your mailing info. And I will be sending you a t-shirt free of charge. The, that restriction, unfortunately, is limited to the continental United States. So if you are outside of the continental United States, you will not be eligible for uh, this offer. I'm so sorry. It's just the way it is. Um, but I will cover the cost of the shirt and I will cover the cost of the shipping and I will send it to you. That's my plan. That's 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 the plan, Stan. And uh, you won't get it immediately because I have to get again. It's going to be a limited run of shirts. That's going to be one and done. So if you have this shirt, you have this shirt and that's it. So basically I have to wait until I have everybody's size and then I'm going to put in the order and then I will get the shirts out. That's the plan. Okay. So keep your eyes peeled and uh, we'll talk real soon about that. Again, I just want to thank every, oh, how could I forget crazy white boy? Holy crap. CWB, man, I'm so sorry. You deserve a shout out. And Ben, Ben is here from time to time. Ben says, being into goth and horror, the misfits embody the love for all things dark and spooky, even the occulty stuff you're not supposed to know about. Uh, their vibe left a permanent mark on this horror kid. And Crazy White Boy says, awesome episode. Keep up the great work. I catch you live when I'm able. I really do appreciate, appreciate your support, Crazy White Boy. Um, uh Rue says, thank you, Mr. Fromis, for everything that you do for us fiends. Thank you, man. Thank you, Rue. Uh, I really do appreciate it, man. Means means the world coming from you. Amy says, I'm a vegan like Doyle, and I bought his vegan monster protein shake. One of the many reasons I love the Misfits. Amy, how does it taste? What do you got? The, you got the chocolate one or you got the vanilla one? Um, I hear that there was like a lot of, there was a whole lot of um, sort of research that went into the that proprietary blend oh ima ima has been here as of late always uh weighing in and stuff love this channel thank you for the content and ima you said such lovely things about my musical compositions thank you that was really sweet of you i really appreciate that um uh i, I sometimes I, I i make little musical compositions myself um but yes thank you thank you for watching um so yeah, to reiterate, there's a Patreon people check out the Patreon, check out the YouTube memberships, lots of secret content in there. We've got secret shows, secret shows dropping on the 27th. Um, 
as well as uh, we got the, whatchamacallit, uh, we got the John Christ interview coming too. Check that out. Okay, Amy got the chocolate one, and she says it's very good. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you, Amy. All right, guys, I'm doing it. Peace, hair grease, you know the deal. Thank you so much. Here's to another year. We'll take it, a, we'll take it year by year. We'll see how it goes. Don't know if it'll be forever, but we'll, I, I love doing this. I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. So, Patreon! Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff. So I've decided to make a Patreon. What is Patreon? I don't know how to define a Patreon. Let me look it up. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know. But I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time, uninterrupted. Why? Because I love to do this. I love creating content. I love making videos. I love shooting films. I love doing podcasts. In case you couldn't tell, I love to talk and I never shut the fuck up. <laughs> so right now I've kept the Patreon incredibly simple. There's two tiers and that may change in the future. The Murdergram is a simple way to extend support for all of the hours and hours of free content on the channel for nothing more than a dollar. 38 cents goes to Patreon. What's a buck 38, eh? It's less than a cup of coffee. But it's a great way that you can show support for very little effort. When you divide that $1.38 by the hours and hours and hours of time spent listening to this endless drivel of content, the dollar cost average works out. Next up is the YouTube casualty for $6.66. The YouTube casualty is loaded to the gills. Enjoy the archive ad-free as well as ad-free early access to special docu-style podcast videos, music reaction commentaries, and the like a month before they drop on YouTube, loaded with ads, I might add. You're also going to get exclusive content and behind-the-scenes content that is not available on YouTube or anywhere else. So you get to peek behind the veil. And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates that subscribes, that's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you! 66 cents.